Small businesses are the backbone of America, and they help keep the Texas spirit alive. But did you know as many as 50% will close their doors forever after just five years? Well, we're here to change that. This is the beef. This is the beef. We know how tough it is to be an entrepreneur today. That's why we're giving small business owners a platform to share their stories. You'll hear it all. The highs and the lows, the good and the bad, and everything in between. This is the Beef Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing in partnership with Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Beef Podcast. I'm your host, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram. Of course, we've got TikTok, we've got YouTube, all kinds of social channels you can follow us on. So if you're not getting the information you want, you're not looking for it, I promise. Joining me in the studio today, I have Lance with Next Step Financial Transitions and a very special co-host, Video John, John Fritching. John, welcome to the show. Lance, welcome to the show. Great to be here, John. Man, I'm excited to have both of y'all here because we've never done a co-host on this podcast before. This is a first oh. for us. So, you know, John has been around, I mean, I think right around the same time I actually came on board with Beefy. Yeah. But of course, we've been friends in high school and we've known each other, God, probably more than 20 years now. At least. Yeah. yeah it's been a while. So, it was just natural to have him in here as a co-host today because we're taking up his video studio. We got a lot of changes happening here yeah. at Beefy. And I had to take his, his video studio for this little hour here. And I was like, dude, if you're going to be sitting in here anyway, you might as well just join us. Might as well, right? And you know, of course, you're on a podcast. I am. Y'all have Called Business Growth Hacks. Business Growth Hacks. That's yeah. right. So uh, it's not like it's your first time to do this. You're you're well-versed in it. Lance, this was like the meeting that was never meant to happen. <laughs> Man, I think we've tried to do this three separate times now. And every single time, something has popped up. But we're here today. Yeah, my favorite one was the uh, the storm that didn't come. Yeah, yeah, we did. We were like, man, there's no way it's going to be safe for you to drive. I mean, it's the apocalypse. This is the end of the world. Let's just let's just call it off. And then the next day, we're sitting around like, oh well, yeah, cool. It's a rain. I think I remember that storm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like all this big hype about it, and then it sprinkled for an hour, maybe. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was nothing. Yeah, I had sandbags prepared, man. Oh, we were all prepared. Yeah. yeah. My rain gauge, I didn't have to dump it out. I know. It was it was sad. But it doesn't matter. We're here now, so that's all that matters. And uh we've got icebreaker questions to go over. Sure. So our question today, I actually I have two of them. So I think we're gonna do both of them because I like them both. Let's do it. These are very serious topics. This is, you know, really serious, like more than anything we have going on right now. Because here on the beef, we want to make sure we dive in to the stories and tell the real yeah. The real scoop. So so <laughs> yeah you see what i did there <laughs> i love it we need to know what is your favorite ice cream flavor the easy one to choose is vanilla because it goes with everything mm-hmm. but you know i'm a I'm a bluebell guy and they recently rolled out the combo of two of my top five so what is it the the texas two-step where yep. you've got both the chocolate chip cookie dough and the cookies and cream mm-hmm. yeah that for me hits two of the top five and you know I can buy that, and my boys will eat it too. So it's it's right there for me. Yeah, yeah. Gotta love that bluebell. Uh, I'm a homemade vanilla guy myself because you can put whatever you want in it. Yep. But the chocolate lovers 
is kind of one of those two-step concepts where it's got all it's chocolate with brownie pieces and little rocky road pieces it's i like chocolate lovers too. oh that's my wife's number one yeah you know i don't, I don't know that i've had that one yet Oh, man. It's kind of seasonal, I think. It should be coming out in February, I think. Gotcha. I'm an old school guy, too, but it's a little different old school. It's not like the original just homemade vanilla. I'm mint chocolate chip oh, all the way. Yeah. And, and there's a reason. You know, that's what that was my dad's favorite flavor. Of course. So, as a kid, what do our kids do whenever we bust out the ice cream? I want to yeah. bite. I want to bite. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my boys do it to me. Heck, even my daughter does. But I did that to my dad all yeah. the time. So that was his like nightly routine. He'd sit down with a pint of mint chocolate chip ice cream and eat the whole pint right yeah. there. And then, of course, I was helping him. Yeah. But, so yeah. it's a little sentimental for me. Yeah. Um, my, my dad would fill a bowl with Oreos and then take homemade vanilla, cover it. Yes. And then add other stuff on top of that. I, I love doing that. Yeah. And vanilla is really good for that because you can add whatever you want. Yeah. I'll tell you what blows a lot of people's mind, which is weird to me, is peanut butter. I like to throw a scoop of peanut butter in there and mix it up. Okay. Hmm. I can see it. I've yeah. never done it. I yeah. support it. Oh, man. It comes out so good. I'm a huge peanut butter fan, though. I got you, yeah. So, for me, you just throw well, a scoop in there. adding some chocolate, you kind of got a Reese's ice cream thing going mm, on yep. there. There you go. Can't go wrong with no, that. No, it sounds great. <laughs> and the other one, you know, because this is an important one, too, is what is your favorite topping for pizza? Or what are your favorite toppings? I keep it simple. I just, I go with pepperoni. You know, I love a Supreme. I love a meat lovers. But if I've got to choose one, I go with pepperoni because it's tried and true. Same thing. If we're thinking back to kids, it's really easy for them to pick it off. Yeah. And then they have a Why cheese piece. Do that? <laughs> I know. Every kid. And then I have an extra pepperoni piece. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. It's frustrating. And I found a solution. It's like yeah. every kid <laughs> takes the pepperonis off of the pizza. And I'm like, that's the yeah. best part. Exactly. Yeah. You're ruining the pizza right now. Yep. Who wants a cheese pizza? Kids. kids. Yeah. Kids, I guess. But, you know, some adults, too. Yeah, we just call it cheesy bread and it's an appetite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, no. I, uh, it's funny that y'all matched your answers. So, I cheated and yeah. I, I told John, Video John, exactly what I was going to ask before we got started because I was kind of going between these two and I said, I don't know which one I want to go with. And he was like, man, honestly, I'm pretty old school and just plain, man. I like pepperonis on my pizza and I like homemade vanilla bluebell. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that's... I can respect it. And then yeah. you came in, you said the same thing. So, what a perfect day for me to co-host on this. I know, show. right? Yeah. Now, for me, though, it's meat lovers all day long. Yeah. If, uh, if I don't have a choice, if that's all I could ever have for the rest of my life, it'd be a meat lover's pizza. I like all those meats on there. Well, everything. You got the pick it off option there. You can pick off what you that's don't true. want. That's true. You know, you get the Supreme. You <laughs> Except get those all. little bacon bits I like to get on there. Yeah. Those would be Of course, hard. on the Supreme, though, you still get some of that olive flavor. On the, you know, that's what I don't like. Can't pick it up. I'm not a supreme fan. Yeah, I don't like the Ooh. olives. I'm not an olive fan myself, but I do love jalapenos. Oh yeah, pizza. oh yeah. So I'll do that. Yeah, I think mod was mod pizza. If you don't know what that is, it's kind of oh, like yeah. the subway for pizzas. Uh-huh. And I that place has been so cool because you can go in with your whole family and everybody can get the exact pizza they want instead of having to order you know five large pizzas or yep. whatever. It's it's pretty cool. I like that place. Yeah, no, Mod is, is definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, but definitely frequent there is Office Trip. The yeah. past guest that we had on the show, Bonfire, they yes. have a brick oven oh, inside of there. Oh, his pizza is awesome. Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had some of those at Tomball Fire Department. We had a firefighter pass away recently, yeah. and I called up, of course, a bunch of my friends that own businesses in Tomball, and I said, hey, you know, look, I, I can pay. I've got money. That's not what I'm asking for. I just need to feed 
like 12 people, you yeah. know, and I've got a couple hundred bucks that I'm trying to make last for 48 hours. So can right. you just help me out? And uh bonfire man, he was like, dude, just come pick up food. Can I do pizzas? And I was like, yeah, you can do pizzas. I'm, I'm not picky. You know, yeah. you just tell me. And he was like, I'm not charging you for it. Just come pick it up. And I was like, wow. Okay. So thank you. Yeah. I showed up and that was the first time I had their pizza and it was oh, wow. absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh-huh. We haven't made it over there yet. I've wanted to go by and do the food because we've been there for a happy hour. Right. And I saw the brick oven and was yeah. trying to figure out what all they had in there. We just haven't made it over yet. Yeah. yeah. No. And he moved that brick oven over. So there's a story behind it. You have to listen to the podcast to find that right. out. But <laughs> there's a story behind it. And so that makes it even cooler. But then the pizza really is top notch. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely phenomenal. And you mentioned happy hour over there. And it's, yeah, if you're if you're not sure if you want to eat something over there at Bonfire, definitely stop in for happy hour. Check yes. out that. Because he's got some amazing drinks. And oh, some yeah. Stuff that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. And there's one that's off the menu you have to try. One of our listeners, Ooh. one of the chamber... He was a board member. I think he recently is no longer a board member. I'm not positive on that part of it. Mm-hmm. He was ambassador of the year for last okay. year. Raymond Francois. Okay. Awesome dude. He's got a drink there called the showman. Okay. And it's like his own little special concoction that he loves. And that thing is hmm. amazing. So go you have to get it. It is showman. a pink drink. It true to Raymond style. It will be served in a in a big like champagne glass looking, not champagne glass, but like a wine glass looking thing. Okay. So I just always say like, bring it to me in a whiskey glass. But yeah, uh, I also <laughs> order the double of that, which is pretty big, and it yeah. is a phenomenal drink. Yeah. So definitely. and it, it definitely like it personifies Raymond. You know, just a showman. He is yeah. always dressed well, like dressed to the nines. Yep. The dude is. He's an amazing guy, but he absolutely 100% goes all out. So, the showman, it, it really, it just uh, kind of fits him. Good to know. I'll have to try that out. Oh, it's a great drink, man. But I know we've gone way far into this already. So, we have to stop and take a second to talk about our awesome sponsor, Community Bank of Texas. Uh, they've been with us since the beginning of this podcast. You know, we we recorded like six episodes and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, hey, we're doing the sponsorship for you. So we had to go back and create new intros for it, pre-record and add and throw that in there. And then now we're finally to a point where I can just stop and talk about Community Bank of Texas during the podcast because we don't have those six or seven episodes recorded already. So Community Bank of Texas, they know that especially now the experience and availability of your banking partner is crucial. And they're here to help your business. Their bankers have been working diligently to give the clients the support that they need during these challenging economic times. And as a business owner, there's a lot of things that keep us up at night, but our bank shouldn't be one of them. And when you bank with Community Bank of Texas, you have the freedom to focus on your business commitments instead of worrying about the commitment of your banker. Community Bank of Texas is proudly committed to partnering with you and your business through it all. Short-term hurdles, long-term growth, countless new directions, because when it comes to doing business, they simply deliver a better banking experience. Community Bank of Texas is a foundation you can build your business on for decades to come. Community Bank of Texas is business banking, better banking, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. But the reason we're here, the reason that Community Bank sponsors us, Lance, we want to hear all about the business, all about you and where you came from. So just kind of tell us about you, man. Sure. So I grew up in a small town west of San Antonio, Uvalde, Texas. So most people don't know Uvalde, they know Concan. It's where everybody goes to float. And then Went to college up at Texas Tech, and that's where I actually met my fabulous wife, uh, Tessa. 
we were in the financial planning program together there. And that is a really small, almost unknown program. So it was like a small town within Lubbock, which is pretty small itself. So we had every class together um, once we started dating. So we really got to know each other, joked about the idea of starting a firm, you know, Elrod and Elrod or something. When we were in college, it was more of just a, a kind of a joke. Graduated right at the end of the financial crisis. So, of course, there were no jobs. That got us all the way up to Maryland because that was the only place that we could find any type of employment. And really got to dive into financial planning there. As we got up there, you know, we realized family was more important than we already thought it was. So, we spent most of our time up there trying to get back home to Texas. We're up there for about three years, came back to Houston, and then uh, working for for smaller firms um, for a while. And during that time, you know, I took a brief stint to work for Halliburton because when you move to Houston, I mean, you got to check out oil and gas. Oh, yeah. Uh, I really found out that was not for me. Uh, I am not good at being home two weeks and then being gone two weeks. Right. Especially because we had just bought our first house. Tessa had just gotten pregnant with our first so you're starting a family, but you're gone half the year. It just, it wasn't, uh, wasn't meshing well there. And it really helped me kind of reset, you know, really find that where my passion was, was helping people really navigate all the complexities that, that financial planning can bring through some of that process. We had some people that kind of came along, Tessa and I, and really encouraged us, you know, why, why aren't you guys doing this together? Because we were with, you know, two smaller firms, two independent firms, and essentially working against each other. Right. Because, yes, Houston is massive, but we're both up here on the northwest side, sort of going after the same market. We had to have hypothetical conversations yeah. about clients. You know, <laughs> what if somebody had this and this, what do you think you would possibly do? And um, th- people are saying, you know what? It, why aren't you guys really pursuing this together? Really encouraging us, you know, giving us kind of some guidance, um, some things to think about. And so we really dove into looking at that, thought about it for a long time, prayed about it for a long time. And we've learned in the past, you know, if if God is telling you to do something and is opening a door, you better go down that path Yep. or he's going to keep hitting you in the face with it. Um, we, we've walked that before. We were really pushing against something in Maryland, you know. We're not supposed to be here. You know, we're trying to get back home, trying to get back home. And by the time we actually accepted the fact that we were in Maryland and got comfortable, it was like, okay, y'all are ready to move back home. So we really learned to trust in what he had for us and really dove headfirst into starting Next Step Financial Transitions. Uh, the reason that we really wanted to do our own thing was not just to to work together because um, we found that we can do that well and not kill each other. Which is rare. Yeah. But also, we've tried to go a little bit of a different direction. Most advisors go the traditional route, which is, you know, you you manage somebody's finances. Um, You're working with people who have assets to manage, which means you're generally working with those who are a little closer to retirement. But that led to a lot of younger people, people who were in our age range or our situation, not getting much in the way of advice unless you were the child of a client. Because most advisors couldn't really get compensated for that that work but you know if you're early on you're buying your home you're having kids you're having job changes that's when a lot of guidance is needed a lot of things are happening a lot of things 
that have an impact 30 years down the road are yep. going on right now. So, you know, our big question was how do we find a way to help those people in that time, get that advice when they need it most. No, that's fair. I mean, I, I know personally, if I would have had a, a financial planner or advisor way back then when I was 18 years old, I probably would have kept myself out of a lot of dumb positions that I was in <laughs> because it just, it's so natural. You know, you get there, you're an adult now and it's like, well, I can have cookies for dinner. So I you can have do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then sure. all of a sudden, you know, like me now, 15 years later or so, all of a sudden you're like, man, I really put myself in a bad spot. And you're right. I mean, I've had, this is now probably my third financial style podcast where I've had other companies on. They're kind of different. They do things, you know, they're not exactly what you are. You know, they do. Yes, they may handle part of that, but like one specifically is all about retirement, you mm -hmm. know, in your golden years. And so it's a little different. And that's always the question that pops up is it just, it feels like when you're 18 years old and you're living paycheck to paycheck, making 800 bucks a week, it's like, what do I need to go to a financial advisor for? Yeah. Well, hell, you probably need a financial advisor more than anybody. <laughs> How are you going to live paycheck to paycheck, you know? Yeah. And then you just, you, I always kind of assumed in my mind that it's just one of those things where if I don't have a million dollars, then why am I going to talk to somebody? Yeah. You know? But yeah. I mean, I, I probably could have used it. Yeah. I, I probably mm -hmm. could have used advice when I sold my house and cashed out on over a hundred grand in equity and paid off a vehicle. And, and we got a little bit of that because of course we had to buy a, a new house. Mm -hmm. So our financial advisor there who was advising us to get approved for the loan also had a lot of really good advice to give outside mm -hmm. of that of, yeah, Hey, this is what you need to do to qualify. Yeah. But it's going to make more sense for you in the long run to not have that car note anymore and to not have you know, this debt and to save up this much. And we had some of that, but what is it that you're doing different that would attract someone like that in then? So we, when we think about financial planning, we want to look at stuff comprehensively. So we're both certified financial planners, my wife and I, which means we don't think of financial planning as a cookie cutter process. Uh, we also don't think of it just as investment management. So we look at the whole gamut, whether it's college planning for those who have kids or how to pay off the loans that you now have. I was one who graduated with lots of student loans. Right. And that's a big thing when you're trying to start life is getting that paid off. We also look at risk management, which is, you know, everything associated with insurance. It's not just life insurance, it's health insurance, homeowners, long-term care, all that, making sure you got the right stuff in place or recommending what you need. We do handle investments if our clients want us to, but we don't require it. We work with a lot of people who are DIYers. So they, they enjoy the investing piece or want to do it themselves. We will kind of give some overarching guidance on, hey, you know, if you're wanting to, to do diversification, here's kind of how to position it, but we're not going to help you handpick everything. Right. And then estate planning is one that really comes into play for everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's really one of the last ones that we find all of our clients tackle. And I think society in general, because nobody wants to think about their own mortality. You're right. But... You know, if anything ever happens to you, that one is crucial to have. And it's not just for, you know, people with a massive estate who need trusts and, you know, an estate plan and estate attorney, things like that. Yes, that is necessary. But most people don't realize that once you are past the age of 18, nobody else can do anything for you. Right. So your, your parents have no say anymore. I mean, we've seen a couple of case examples where. People were in their early 20s, 
had a major accident, were in the hospital, you know, in a coma, and the parents didn't have any type of power of attorney on them, so nobody could pay bills for them. Mm. Nobody could, you know, help make any medical decisions that the doctors were trying to go through. Mm-hmm. And so th- that's why estate planning is also really important for, for everybody. Because when those worst case things happen that you never plan on happening, you want somebody to be able to take care of things, you know, to, to pay your bill, your light bill, your water bill, you know, cell phone bill, whatever. And also to be able, if you can't talk to the doctor to say, this is what he wanted, or let's go this route or this route when you're in those critical stages. Um, so we try and hit everything financial planning wise for our clients. And we had somebody in yesterday who said, you know, she, she came to us and said, you know, I, I kind of put this meeting off because I'm really trying to pay off my house and I don't want somebody to tell me not to be putting $5,000 onto my house every month. And we, we kind of laughed and we said, that is not, you know, our job is to listen to you, figure out what it is that you're wanting to do. And then we build out our recommendations around that. If your goal is paying off that house as soon as possible, we know that. And so we're going to build your plan around that. We may educate you on what the pros and cons are. Right. Because um, we believe wholeheartedly in education. We want our clients to feel like they're the ones making the decisions, not us telling them what to do. So in that case, you know, it's, hey, if that's really what you want to do, we're going to build everything else around that. And then once that house is paid off, well, now you've got five grand a month to do whatever else you want with it, whether that's saving in investments, whether that's saving for, you know, their daughter's college, whether that's getting ready for the next vehicle they know they need, whatever that is, we're going to build the plan around that instead of telling you, no, don't pay off the house. You know, you've only got three and a half percent mortgage, uh, pay the minimum and then put the rest of it everywhere else. If that's what you really want to do, that's what we're tackling. So we really try and understand our clients, go with what they want and build a plan around that. I got you. So how does pay for things like that work? You know, where do you, where do you collect money from? Sure. That is a good question. So in our industry, there are three ways that advisors typically get paid. The first is commissions. You sell the product, you know, whether it's life insurance, long-term care, some REITs, you know, real estate investment trusts, those come with a commission. So they get paid up front, you know, something five, six, 7% off the top up front. And then, you know, no payment after that. There is assets under management, which is what most of the industry has done. It's, it's very simple to understand. I give you a bucket of investments, you know, $500,000. You charge a percent on that. You know, we, we've found most advisors start one and a quarter, 1%, something like that. So on a $500,000 investment, you're getting paid 5,000 bucks a year. Um, it's really simple. It's really easy math. Clients understand that. Right. Half the time you don't have to worry about it because it automatically comes out. And the third way is a flat fee. So, you know, they say, you know, I'll do X for you and it's going to be 5000 a year rather than from the investments. It's just, hey, here's my flat amount. Where we're a little bit different is we don't do commissions at all. We feel that gives our clients the best avoidance of a conflict of interest. You know, you're never having to worry about if we're advising you to get X amount in life insurance, it's not because it's affecting our bottom line in any way. And if gotcha. we're recommending any type of product, you don't ever have to question, well, why product A instead of product B? 
there is no kickback for us. We're really telling you, you need this because you really need it. And so we chose to kind of marry the assets under management and the flat fee so that our clients, one, knew they were getting financial planning first and foremost. So when our clients come to us, we do a monthly subscription, kind of like a gym membership. So it starts out at 150 bucks a month. And that covers, you know, everything that we talked about earlier, all the facets of financial planning, because we wanted our clients to know, hey, I'm paying for financial planning. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm going to get. And I told you we talk with, we work with a lot of DIYers. So we don't require that investing. And that also helps us avoid any type of investment minimums. You know, it doesn't matter whether somebody has a million dollars to invest or is just trying to get started and has zero that monthly financial planning fee covers all of that. Mm -hmm. If somebody says, I do want somebody to handle the investment for me, I don't want to wade into that water. That's where the asset under management piece comes in for us. We say, okay, we can help do that all for you. We charge a reduced rate on that then of about half a percent. Wow. So when you add the two together, it's around kind of what you see most advisors paying, but that allows us to get to that segment of people who may have everything tied up in a 401k so nobody else can manage it or they're trying to get student loans paid off so they're not ready to invest yet and they're trying to figure out well how do i navigate that plus buying a home that way you don't have to have those investments we don't have to charge on that it's just hey financial planning if you want somebody to do the investing for you great if you want to do it yourself that's totally cool too and we can kind of help tie the two together Okay. Yeah. It seems like you're more tailoring to what the client wants to do rather than just having a blanket approach, which is really kind of nice because for people that do have money tied up in other things or the lady that wants to pay off her house but yep. doesn't want to get told don't do that, we're not going to y'all aren't going to tell her that, you know. That's really cool that you you listen, you hear what they need and you meet those needs because that's financially what people really need. Yeah. is to have their needs met. Yeah, that's why that is our main offering. We also have a separate one that is just a straight one-time plan. Mm -hmm. We explain financial planning kind of as a roadmap. We always know where we're at now. It's our starting point. We try and help our clients figure out where we're getting to, you know, whether that's paying off that house, retirement, everybody wants to retire, but we help them figure out what it's going to look like because it's never, yeah. it's never the same for anybody. Yeah. You know, we found a lot of people that are, are younger are going the route of, I want to turn things down at 55 you know maybe i don't want to retire yeah fully, but i want to slow down and do something different or do what i want to do at 55 and so we have offered a a one-time plan so that is called just the map so we help our clients build out that roadmap. you know know where we are we know where we're getting to our job is to listen to you to try and figure out the route we're taking and then if people want just the map just the plan we go through the entire process with them, build out that map and go, okay, here's your financial plan for you to do with what you want. You know, we're going to have all these recommendations, but it's going to be up to you to kind of implement everything. The people that do the ongoing planning with us, we call it the roadmap with GPS because life is never straightforward. That's good. That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah, I like that. Type we're, we're there to help course correct along the way. And we're also there to help implement these action items to be the annoying prod sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, did those estate documents get done? 
Because yeah. I mean, so I I need stuff like that sometimes. Yep. It's like, hey, I don't like doing paperwork, and so yep. yeah, I need to be poked. Hey, did you do this? And I'm also I'm like a child too. Yeah, so can you be. can give me that map and tell me, hey, this is what you need to do to get where you want to go. Yeah, and uh, there's gonna be a squirrel off in a trail and i'm gonna take that trail yeah and i'm gonna get lost in that trail and then be like all right lance what do i what do i do because I, I, I didn't listen right and that's yeah. what i was thinking too if somebody if they sign on with you for that one time would there be the option of adding gps i guess so to speak yeah we have offered that so we are relatively new and we've been doing this since uh january of whatever last year was 2021 that's it owning your own company Yes. You've been in the business, been in you the know, business. With school and everything else for years, but yes. this is your first time out on your, your own. Yep. Yeah, we've been doing Next Step Financial Transition since January 2021. You know, pick the great year to start in of COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, it's a year to find out what you're made of right yeah. there. But yeah, we have offered that to, to the people who've taken us upon the one-time plan is, hey, if you found that, you know, for whatever reason things aren't getting done or you get a year or two into this and realize that it, it's too much to handle or you want a checkup, yeah. um, you can always come back. You can add on the ongoing planning. We can do another one-time plan if it's yeah. been a while. It really, like you were saying earlier, it it, it's depends. really up to what they want. Right. I was just kind of wondering because it seems someone like myself i might want to have all the control at first you know what i mean yeah. but then as time goes along as i realize what i'm doing or not don't know what i'm doing i might or need that poke you know i was just wondering for anybody out there if they might be interested in that if you offered that yeah we've had a couple of people who were newlyweds who've gone with that package because they're they're trying to get life figured well, they're out they're adjusting yeah exactly yeah. and so they're wanting to kind of get a plan of attack moving forward mm -hmm. and we go through some of the psychological things on okay how do you guys need to work together um, yeah that's big because a big even just getting a little off topic going into the marriage thing yeah. you know money can be a big stressor on that oh, so yeah. and one thing i know i did not do with my wife is how are we going to handle my money versus your money or are we going to throw them together or what there was no real conversation just kind of started paying bills and it you know naturally <laughs> you know progressed to what it is now and now there's a plan but at first there wasn't one and i wouldn't even have thought at especially younger that i needed a plan yep. yeah what do i need that for I'm probably not going to live past 25. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm still shocked on that one. For I made it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's funny. I, I would say to the younger viewers out there today that take some advice from this, from some older guys who maybe made some financial mistakes here or there. Yeah. And you, you got to have a plan. You, even if you don't know what to do, that roadmap that you're talking about sounds like it kind of gives you, especially for an 18 year old, that sounds like a great setup because here's a plan for you. And then if with the option to come back, you know, a few years down the road, I've made some money. I would like to invest now, you know. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great concept. Have you always been good with numbers, Lance? Yeah. So even as a kid, I say a kid, 18 years old, growing up, you never had like that moment where you were like, mm, I was an idiot. No, there have definitely been idiotic moments. See, he's just smarter than us, so his <laughs> dumb moments were smarter than ours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just the way my head is wired, it's not like my parents tried to get me involved with what they had going on. I mean, most parents don't want their kids to know what's going on um, financially. I just, I'm very observant, so I picked up on what was going on. So, 
I was talking about money minds a little bit that we go through a money mind exercise with all of our clients and that's kind of how we help those young yeah. couples learn to talk to each other. Mine is a fear money mind. So I'm always worried about never having enough. I got you. You can call it uh, a penny pincher. Um, frugal. Frugal. Yeah. So that that's me to a T and part of that's just from, you know, watching my parents growing up being, mm-hmm. being as urban that way. Um, and that's kind of led me to, to where I'm at. But yeah. I mean, I was good with numbers growing up, which is why I thought that I was going to be an engineer. And that was my first, uh, first major when I went to tech. Mm-hmm. And then that didn't really work out because I was not going to do well in physics. So I was like, ah, oh, numbers make sense. Let's go to accounting. And it was very apparent, like in the first semester, that accounting was definitely not for me. Oh, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a whole different. Yeah. I've taken <laughs> accounting classes because I'm I'm one of those that I've got a bunch of student loan debt and no degree yet. You know, I've got like ninety something college hours, and I'm so close, but yeah, uh, I've run out of financial aid. Apparently, there's a max on how much yeah, how much is. you can take out in loans. I found that out. So now I'm like, all right, well, plan B, I got to figure out the rest of my way through college. So yeah. I don't have to pay these back yet. You know, unfortunately for a degree that I, I don't necessarily need, it's it's good information to have, especially on the marketing end. You know, having done marketing, I'm sitting there in class and I'm like, wow, now I really do truly understand why we do it that way. Right. Now I knew you know, the yeah. street marketing tactics mm-hmm. and why we do it this way, but I didn't know the theoretical, I didn't know yeah, the psychological. This is why we do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. So... I definitely, I've got all of that behind me now. And I went to that accounting class. That's what we were talking about, accounting. That's how we got there. And in that business school, of course, accounting is important for your business degree. And I just found out that there's a reason I want to pay a CPA. And there's a reason I want to pay somebody to do that because it's not fun. Journal entries and just, you know, little things like credits and debits. Mm -hmm. It's not what you think. It's not debiting out of your checking account right. to pay somebody. No, a debit is putting money in. And I'm yeah. like, no, that's a credit. It's like, no. no, that's a that's a debit. And then you have to list those a certain way and yeah. you have journal entries. And then, oh, man, it drove me nuts. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, but my wife, on the other hand, loves it. Mm-hmm. She's just at home with it. That's awesome. <laughs> She's a psycho. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not great with numbers. It's weird. Sometimes I'll have like my Rain Man moment where oh yeah, I can just come to certain numbers or estimate things out, and you know, like my dad used to do. He'd walk in a room. He was in the flooring business forever, and so he'd walk in this room and be like, "Well, it's about twelve foot six inches by." Uh, 11 foot, 14 and a he'd, half, something like that. He'd be within a quarter inch. Yeah. yeah. And then I throw the tape down and I'm like, why am I here? do that? Yeah. Why am I here and why am I putting a tape on the floor? Yeah. Like, what's the point? To make sure Just I'm say right. what you need. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and so I have those moments every now and then, but for the most part, when it, mainly when it comes to throwing in like letters into the equation and then yeah. telling me solve this matrices and all, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about yeah. right now. Yeah. I think if they could have given me practical examples, like if they would have applied it to audio spectrums and right. how to figure stuff, I would have cared way more about math than I did because why am I going to use this? And then, you know, get out, oh, physics is audio. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's weird. <laughs> uh, no, I'm with you. Yeah. So were you just bored of working? I mean, I know obviously we heard the story about you and the wife and and all of this, but were y'all just so bored of working with somebody else or what really drove you? Was it just wanting to spend more time with her and work with her or what really drove you to do it yourself? It made sense. 
me one. We have a, a second business that actually got started first. Um, so I told you, if God gives you direction, you better take it. He was telling us that we needed to go the route of helping people through divorce. So our first business is Next Step Divorce Solutions. Okay. And so what we do there is help people navigate the divorce process by serving as the financial experts. It's essentially taking financial planning and applying it to the divorce process. So right. We help them figure out what yeah. they have, what a fair settlement is going to look like because it's never 50-50. Of it, course. It's never that easy. And then take the financial planning and essentially tell them, hey, here's what it's going to look like 5, 10, 15 years down the road. That way they have some clarity, some confidence in what they're signing on. So that was kind of our first wade into that that entrepreneur slash ownership realm. And if we were wanting to stay employed by somebody else, that probably wasn't a good thing because you get yeah. a taste of being your own boss. And for us, I mean, it made a lot of sense. So, hey, we can control our own schedule. Right now we've got three little boys. We got a fourth one on the way. So being able to control your own schedule right now is kind of critical because I feel like we're at the doctor like once a week. Yeah. Uh, the little ones. Yeah. <laughs> so not having to continually ask off to go to a doctor's appointment or for this or for that made a whole lot of sense, but it was, it was going back to that, that dream from when we were in college of, Hey, what if we had our own firm? You know, wouldn't that be cool? And just realizing, Hey, we started this one right now. We're kind of working against each other. What if we actually worked for each other? with each other doing our own thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i mean we complement each other really well i mean i know that i'm good with numbers but she's a lot better looking than i am <laughs> and so you know it, it brings a good dynamic in not just her looks but she really she counteracts me so she's got the opposite money mind that i do which not only works well at home for our own finances but it works well when we're going through other people's stuff too because she brings a whole different viewpoint in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it allows me to bounce ideas off of somebody else. We work together really well and it, it just made a lot of sense. It was kind of a dream come true that we didn't ever really give much thought to after graduation. It was, ah, mm -hmm. you know, that's probably something we can do when we're 50, when we've built up, you know, a book of business or something, you know, we're not really having to worry about a paycheck. And it was, it was those those other people that were in our life that were going, hey, why why aren't you going this way? I mean, one of the guys that my wife worked with was a a longtime family friend. He's a deacon in our church, and he's given us lots of guidance on it. I mean, it it really gives credence to the guy and the guy he was. We told him what we were doing. He was extremely supportive of us. And then even when we were going in to to kind of move our furniture out of the office on on my wife's last day, he sat down and was giving us life advice and hey here's here's the things to expect in that first year here's the things to expect family wise because i started my own business way back when when i had little kids you know here's the things to look out for and so we've just not only has it been a dream for us but we've also had massive guidance so along the way you still have the mentorship of one of the people that you worked under then oh yeah he's that's awesome. i mean he's still there in our church we just talked to him this last sunday asking us how things were going that's awesome yeah it's it's been really good it, he's been a good example for us to kind of tailor what we're trying to do right uh, because we've seen one not just how successful he is mm -hmm. um, at building this and the way he's gone about it but how he stayed grounded gotcha. not only in himself but in his faith 
Yeah. And so we're going, that's, that's really what we want to be able to do is to be able to maintain our faith, bring our faith in with our clients and just be able to serve people without really letting, letting the numbers take over. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, when we found when you're a business owner, I mean, you're always, you've always got bills, you've always got yeah. stuff coming in. It's yeah. kind of easy to let people become a number and well, you know, we need X amount. This person can give me X. We need five more of those guys. We're trying to make sure we don't let that become. Yeah, because you kind of need a balance of both because you need the business mind to grow your business. Yep. And so you have to look at things a certain way. But then there's the other aspect of it where you are a human and you're dealing with humans. Mm -hmm. You want to be, you know, human. You want to care for people. And one of the main things I hear, I, I don't hear you going, yeah, we need all these people so we can get all your money and go invest it and make ourselves a bunch of money. What I hear is we need you to come to us because you want to do something with your finances and we want to help you do that. Yep. That's what I hear. Well, I mean, that's such a such a great market, you know, something you never thought about was for those that are adult enough during a divorce to maintain, you know, a, a decent relationship. Yeah. yeah. That is... That's a very real thing. I mean, my grandmother and my grandfather were extremely wealthy and, and doing very well. And then their divorce, it just became synonymous. I mean, I grew up in the 90s, mm-hmm. you know, born in 88, grew up in the 90s. And it became synonymous that basically divorce equaled financial ruin. Yep. And you, why? Yeah. Why does it have to be financial ruin? It's the same thing as I like know. saying divorce means the loss of a parent for a kid. Why? Yeah. Because if you can make it work together, then you can still get to that point. I mean, and the last thing you ever want is for someone out there in a, a bad relationship or a bad marriage to think, well, can't get a divorce because I can't afford it. Yeah. Yep. You know, and it's like, no, if that's what it, you need to be happy yeah. as human beings and the financial part of it's tearing you apart, then please, God, reach out and get help with that. And that's such a great market to be in mm-hmm. because. There's no reason if you looked at my grandparents' finances, owning a business together that was extremely, absolutely successful, and then also being, she was a successful realtor, Mm -hmm. and my grandpa was a chief deputy of a sheriff's office. And so they were making great money. When he bought my mom a brand new patrol car after he put her through cop school at University of Houston... And my grandma had the new Corvette that came out every year. And, yeah. you know, like they, they had money. They weren't hurting. Yeah. And then just to go to that struggling lifestyle mm-hmm. and on government assistance and everything else. And it's like, dude, yeah. there was something y'all could have done. Well, mm-hmm. I think he hit on it earlier. And the reason why he started that business originally, he said that, you know, they go through the plan and show them what it looks like 10, 15 years later. I think that's the biggest thing is because there's so much emotion around a divorce anyway. Yeah. Yes. And so trying to just wade through that is hard enough. But for have a financial planner to say, this is what it looks like for you 10 years from now. This is what you look. There's light at the end of the tunnel, guys. Yes, it's tough right now, but we're going to get somewhere else. And this is where you're both headed. You know, I think that's wonderful. Yeah. There is actually a term they call divorce brain. Okay. So when you get into the thick of it. Yeah. You have that divorce brain. We worked with a coach, I think she said, and I'm going to screw this up for all the people who are really into biology, but it's like you got the the reptilian brain back in there that kicks in and it's the fight or flight. And yeah. so that divorce brain sets in. Things don't really make sense. You can't really think clearly. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's trying to bring somebody in. My wife is, and that's why she's great at this, because she can be a calming voice, a calming presence to help people really 
take some of that emotion out. I mean, mm-hmm. the emotion's still going to be there, but of it's course. trying to give you kind of some step back to get some clarity because yeah. there's been a case that she's had kind of fall apart and it was some of the emotion came in. Mm-hmm. The reason that they couldn't come to an agreement the first time was because they couldn't agree on what to do with a dog. Yeah. And and you realize, okay, what you're going to spend in attorney's fees, going back to mediation again, mm-hmm. the judge's fees. Yeah. Cause yeah. And you could buy like five of those dogs. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But it's emotion. Yeah. yeah. It's, it has nothing to do with the mm-hmm. value of a dog. Right. It can come it's down strictly to principle, whether it yep. right. yeah. needs to be or not. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Got the dog. Well, I didn't really want the dog. It was just about the reason. Right. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, one of the cats that I own, that's the reason we own it. They had a divorce and uh, neither one of them could keep the cat. So it wound up at abandoned animal rescue. And see, I'm just yeah. a big softy sometimes. Yeah. And I saw all these two old cats and I was like, bro, they have to have a home that loves them. you know. Yeah. And I've got three kids at the house. So I was like, well, all right, I guess I'm going to go get two more cats we don't need. <laughs> so now I own four cats. I'm yep. becoming the crazy cat guy. Yep. This is what's That's happening. What I was say. Yeah. And my wife, she's even worse because she encourages me now. And when we first got together, we were never owning cats in our life. That's what she would have told you. <laughs> and now she's the one who's like, you better go get those cats. <laughs> like I needed encouragement, right? Save the kitty. But yeah, no, it, it, I mean, it just comes down to that sometimes that you're not really making a rational thought. You're just doing what you can to spite someone or to win in that scenario or Mm -hmm. what have you. So I would say that y'all's job is probably half therapist, really. You know, uh, that's how I would view it. If I was going in as like, at least I have somebody I can talk to and knows, you know, because you're right. Growing up, it was the same way for me with my parents, my dad in particular. You don't discuss religion, politics or money. Nope. Those three topics are off limits. Mm -hmm. And I'm not the same way. I'm a, a very open person. So I'll tell you my life story. My wife absolutely loves the fact that I'll tell my life story to a stranger, but uh, I have no problem walking in and tell somebody, all right, well, I'm broke and this Here's is what, what I, I need you to do for me today. You know, yeah. figure it out. How can I get rich? I got 500 investments, dollars, $500 in investments. You now know. can we turn this into more? Turn it into 500K and I'll give you a percent <laughs> every year. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I don't have a problem coming out and saying that, but with my parents, it just wasn't something you discussed. Mm-hmm. And so to have someone that close to you that you trust enough that you're telling those things to, you know, maybe would have helped in that divorce process of at least there's someone we can talk to that can bring some rationality to what we're doing. Yeah. 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 I think that's brilliant for a starter concept. That's awesome. It's just something I never would have thought of. That's cool that that's no, well, a part of what y'all do. I, what I like about it so much is I think that it's such a genuine, you saw a need and filled it, you know, mm-hmm. you wanted to help people. That's great. Yeah. Well, how can we support you, man? I mean, obviously, yeah. everybody that comes on the show, the number one way we can support you is show up, give you our money, and be a customer. But, you know, what can we do? We'll get you a roadmap with some GPS. There you go. Right? No lie. What can we do to help you out and be a part of, you know, helping you grow? Our biggest thing is just trying to let people know that we're here. I mean, obviously, starting a new company, that's one of your main goals. Starting it in the middle of COVID was kind of a kick in the pants with the strategic decision. Yeah, that we were planning. <laughs> you know, we we're going to have a big grand opening, and when you're in the middle of quarantine, you can't really do that. So, no. yeah. part of it's just trying to educate people on one on what we do, but let them know that we're here. Let them know that we can do things a little bit differently, and that's for both companies. You know, whether it's because, like you were saying, a lot of people don't know that there is somebody there that can guide them through mm-hmm. the financial side of the divorce process. 
You know, yeah. a lot of attorneys want to do it themselves, which is cool. There are a few who've, uh, who we partner with who said, you know, I know we can't handle that site. So bring in somebody in. And that's been our, our biggest thing is just trying to let people know that we're here, you know, that we're here to help. Education is our main focus. So we're trying to put out little educational videos once every other week, just on some, some quick, easy topics. Hey, what's a Roth IRA? What are mutual funds? You know, things like that. So it's just letting pe- people know that we're here. Gotcha. So how, how do they find you just on social media? Are you on all the channels? We're on Facebook. I'm pretty sure we're on Instagram. We have somebody for that. So I don't know. I don't have an Instagram. Uh, <laughs> but we're on Facebook, YouTube. We've got a website, uh, nsfinancialtransitions.com. So there's simple ways to find us there. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, I can't awesome. thank you enough for being on the show. No, I appreciate y'all having me on. And uh, of course, my co-host, Video oh, John. No problem. I'm uh, happy to have him on board as well. So make sure every single week on Thursdays, y'all are checking out our podcast. Sometimes we're going to upload these to YouTube. We've been doing video for quite a few of them now. But of course, you can catch us anywhere that you catch your podcast. Normally, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon. We're absolutely everywhere. So make sure you're tuning in every Thursday for that. And then just like Lance here, we are on social media everywhere as well. So if you could support us out there, we would absolutely love to have you as one of our commenters that are, you know, there adding to the story. And of course, if you know somebody that needs to be on the show, please send them our way. We'd love to have them on the podcast. So that's it for me, man. We're going to get out of here. And once again, just thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate it, guys. You've been listening to The Beef Podcast, sponsored by Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more small business stories, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. To share your story, visit us at beefymarketing.com. Till next time, thanks for listening to The Beef Podcast.